You're listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes, where you'll hear real stories of the journey to modern manhood told by the men who lived them. Raw, real, and 100% unapologetic. And now, here is your host, Eric Rogel. Hey, this is Eric Rogel, and thanks for joining us on Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes. This is where each week you'll hear real stories of the journey to modern manhood told by the men who live them. If you like what you hear today, think of three men you know that would get value out of hearing this episode. Three men whose lives may change just from the information here. It's our duty to do that for each other, so I'm going to thank you in advance for doing that. My guest today puts together unique adventure trips, and when I told men I know about the interview, I got the same reaction pretty much across the board. I was hearing a lot of things like, man, you know, I wish I could go on a trip like that, or dude, I haven't been out in nature like that since I was a kid. That pull of nature is pretty strong for us, and with good reason. See, we are not meant to be separated from nature. For centuries, we lived out in nature. We hunted, we fished, we slept under the stars. And to this day, we still have that inner wild man, that inner beast that needs nourishing from nature. It's an inner beast that we were told is dangerous and needs to be domesticated, to be locked away. And, you know, we're told this a lot by the feminine. The feminine both loves our beast and fears it, resists it. So a cage is the perfect place for it for her. It feels like a safe place for our beast, a place where we can keep it under control. But locking up our beast is not the answer. We've been locking it up our whole lives. Guys, boys are not meant to be sitting in classrooms eight hours a day. It's why young boys want to be cowboys. And men are not meant to be sitting at a desk eight hours a day. It's why grown men want to be cowboys. The pull is way too strong. Our beast needs to be fed regularly. This is not a want, this is a need, it's a necessity, and feeding it regularly is the only thing that actually keeps it under command. It's the only thing that keeps it from raging. It also keeps us from being mediocre, from settling and compromising our true self. By feeding our beast, we instead become our exceptional self. We become the exceptional husband, the exceptional father, the exceptional son, and the exceptional man. But here's the thing. We've been caging ourselves. No one else has done this to us. We are the ones who have been caging our beast. George Lucas has a great quote. I love this quote. He said, we are all living in cages with the door wide open. Absolutely. We can step out at any time, but yet many of us rarely do. We point to the cage and the cage can be anything. It can be a job, a family, time, age. We point to that cage and we say, this is why I can't do this. My cage is why I am not out in nature feeding my inner wild man, feeding my inner beast. It's all because of my cage. And look, I do this myself. I used to write for a bunch of different publications on adventure travel, and I spent years going on men's adventure trips. And it was the time of my life that I felt the most alive. It was the time I felt the most fulfilled, the most masculine. Then about four years ago, I switched jobs and all that travel stopped. And I can still feel that pull every day, that innate desire that I need to get out and spend time in nature. And I can feel my frustration when I don't do that. When I tell myself I can't because of the cages that I built myself, the cages that I hold the key to. 
So I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to invite you to challenge yourself to get out of the cage regularly, to get to nature as often as possible and to feed that beast. Better yet, you know what? Bigger challenge. Destroy all cages, lose all excuses and live wide open. And our guest today has a way for us to do that. Because like I said earlier, he creates unique travel adventures all over the world. He is the co-founder of the Transformational Travel Council. It's an organization that advocates intentionally traveling to stretch, learn, and grow into new ways of being and engaging with the world. He is also the co-founder of Explorer X, a company that designs and creates custom travel experiences to destinations all over the world where you can be immersed in the local culture and see the world with new eyes. His name is Jake Halpert, and he has experienced personal growth and transformation through travel for most of his life. Travel has been the catalyst for his own hero's journey. Today, Jake's going to talk with us about the courage it takes to get out of your comfort zone, allowing yourself to go and feel the experience fully. We're going to explore getting to know your beast, understanding your beast, and how to feed him to keep him alive. And also, when you return to your everyday life, how to hang on to the fire, as Jake puts it. So I wanted to know what sparked his passion for this kind of travel. What sparked my passion? Um, You know, I grew up with uh, uh, very little travel, but uh, uh, as my parents just did, you know, went on local camping trips and road trips and you know, went to a couple family reunions in Colorado, and that was that was really the extent of my travel. But uh, my grandparents were were volunteers in an organization uh, that brought them all around the world. And when I was uh, in, in my teens, they came back with you know different souvenirs and stories and and all that from all of these faraway places. That definitely sort of captured my my attention and. Uh, my grandmother, you know, took me under her wing and, you know, started feeding me National Geographics and, you know, you know, she, so she's definitely the one that, uh, uh, you know, sort of switched, flipped that switch and uh, got me on that path. So uh, it was, it was in my twenties, early twenties when I went to, you know, in that sort of rite of passage that many of us go on to Europe and, and backpacking. And, and uh, you know, once I got a taste of that, it was it was, you know, the rest of the rest is history. <laughs> so that was really your first kind of foray into into travel. You went backpacking in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. There was a couple of small trips uh, in there, but uh, that was that was it. And it was th- three months, uh, and I chose to do it, uh, go at it alone, which was pretty. Um, in hindsight, I was very happy that I did that. I think the solo experience was was pretty powerful. It was the first time, and one of the only times that I journaled. Uh, it just forced me way out of my comfort zone, you know, to to engage with with locals and other travelers. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in this sort of state of contemplation. Um, you know, I it, I think that's the only time in my life where I actually talked out loud to myself because there was extended periods of time, you know, where I wasn't speaking and talking with others, and so it was it was pretty pretty crazy. I mean, you know to go to grow up and not be traveling and to be thrown into that environment. That was, that was a lot. What sort of things were you contemplating while you were there alone? Like what was coming up as you were, uh, you know, spending this, this long time where you weren't speaking to anyone else? Mm, uh, good question. I'd have to go back through my journal. Um, you know, I, I think that I was really, I was really moved by the, the history, um, you know, the art, uh, the architecture, uh, you know, all of that 
was the first time I'd experienced any of any of it. Um, and I found that I was assigning some sort of value to people and friends back home. You know, like I, I, I remember going through some of the churches and I had a friend that was battling cancer at the time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, you know, that added a, a very interesting perspective. You know, I was 20, 20 years old uh, and my buddy was the same age and he was battling cancer. So um, that was very real and raw at that time. And I remember, you know, him being pretty heavy, heavy in my thoughts and give me this really great perspective on how powerful and precious life is. And I'm feeling also with the contemplation and not talking to people, this part of your travel kind of got rid of the noise, got it rid did. of everything, all that external stuff that was going on. And um, how did that feel? Not having any of that external chatter, other people stuff coming up and just being able to be with yourself. Well, you know, I, I think that uh, at that time I had really no idea of what that chaos uh, was like, you know, I was still very, young and um, ignorant and you know and now the work that we do is all around getting people to step away and have that opportunity to to, to disconnect be present be mindful uh, and travel is such a wonderful venue and catalyst to that jake mentions mindfulness here and as our conversation continues we'll also talk about being in a state of flow in a state of consciousness what this all means is simply being present being here right now in the moment We've all had that experience where you're so focused that everything else falls away, like all the noise in your head, all those outside distractions, everything, and you're one with whatever you're doing. That's simply being present. There are many ways to achieve that state, and one of the best is a technique I use to be able to achieve that state on demand. It's called present moment awareness, and I'm going to get into that soon because we're going to make it available to you. But for now, Here's Jake telling us how nature allows him to get into that state, to get present. This is something men have been doing for centuries, connecting with nature to become more present. I was able to get into a state of flow uh, and a state of consciousness, you know, on that trip that um, I I wasn't necessarily used to. And so it caught me off guard, you know, but my mother, you know, she's very spiritual uh, and a healer and, you know, a Reiki master. And so, you know, by that time, you know, she had already sort of raised me in a way that, you know, I think probably I was a little more uh, mindful and aware uh, as I was traveling than probably most other backpackers uh, in the early 20s. What'd you discover about yourself on that one trip? I mean, obviously, the love of passion and wanting to get into that. But when this noise was gone during this contemplation, journaling, all of that, any any huge awarenesses that you came to while you were out there? I realized that this, the world was a lot smaller than than I'd thought, and that there we had way more in common with with people around the planet than than I would have thought. Uh, you know, and and you know the world has obviously gotten a lot smaller since then. This was in the early '90s, but uh, you know I remember at that time, you know, connecting with you know Aussies and you know. Um, Poles and, you know, Italians and Russians and, you know, and really understanding that we were pretty much the same, same people going through the same sort of problems, just in a different place. Yep. Um, and so that, I remember that being, you know, pretty important in, in my own personal development. We are definitely all the same. My own travels opened my eyes to that, to connecting with people of other cultures and experiencing all our similarities. I asked Jake if he gets a lot of travel newbies who want a transformational experience more than a travel experience. Our businesses, you know, or a transformational travel council and Explore X, we, we certainly 
um, attract a, a more curious and open-minded traveler given our, our brand and our message. Uh, so I don't, I don't encounter many of those type of, 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 of people very often uh, in my circle and within my business. However, a lot of the work that we're doing at Transformational Travel Council is to awaken that part of the market that hasn't been traveling uh, and give them the tools and resources and inspiration and guidance to set out on a journey, whether that's in their own backyard, in their own region, you know, to the beach, you know, down the road or the, on the way to, to grandma's house, you know, uh, and then beyond. Because once you start that, start on that journey, you start to crave it and it builds, right? And then you're building and connecting to new traits of empathy and stewardship and global understanding. Uh, so the work that we're doing is really about meeting people where they are, you know, putting a hand out and, and guiding them through the experience of, of travel um, and helping them take meaningful action in their lives once they return home. And we certainly don't advocate and don't support, you know, individuals uh, going out on a journey and seeking transformational moments. You know, I, I think that that can, be, that can be toxic and lead us astray and, and set us up for disappointment. I think that right now, uh, globally, you know, with this trend and movement around transformational travel, uh, the transformation washing, if you will, is resulting in travel companies, you know, hoteliers, experience providers around the planet all claiming that they have these transformational experiences, mm -hmm. um, which is counter to the, uh, you know, to, to the practice of transformational travel. It's a philosophy. That's how you approach. It's a mindset. You go through the travel with intention and mindfulness, and then you take action when you return home. So while you may have an experience along the way that you know uh, lights you up, uh, you know it's not until you get back home where you reflect and you decide to make some changes in your life that you've truly been transformed. You know, and so you know that can be a little T. It could be a big T. You know, so we've got people that come back and. You know, and they say, oh, you know, they're, they're, they're like, oh, I really need to spend more time with my kids. I'm going to start reading to them every night. I'm going to start riding my bike to work every day. Or I'm going to start giving to this charity and this destination. Or I'm going to make a career change, right? Or, you know, I'm going to end a relationship. Or I'm going to leave this part of me behind, uh, you know, uh, that's not serving me. All across the board. And, and it's been... It's been amazing to, to work with clients at ExploreX and in that way. It's important to hear what Jake is saying here. Even small changes, small transformations can have a powerful effect on your life, especially when you're not trying to have a certain experience, trying to transform while on your trip, forcing that experience. Here, he gives us an example of a man who lost his identity when his wife died and how powerfully this trip changed his life giving him back his sense of masculine, his beast that had been slowly eroding for years. It was a trip that required incredible courage. Well, we just had a guy that had lost his, lost his wife tragically about a year and a half ago. And he came to us and, you know, and he was in a pretty vulnerable state. And he said, listen, I'm, you know, approaching 60 years old and I just lost my wife. I've got two boys and I need to go and reconnect with who I am. And, you know, this next chapter. And so, you know, we worked, you know, really in depth with him. You know, we shared tears. You know, we, we, we talked about what he went through, why he was traveling, and we crafted an around-the-world journey 
um, you know, that had, you know, some pieces of it booked in advance and then other opportunities just to explore on, on, on his own. And, uh, you know, he went into it without, he wasn't a hiker, he wasn't a walker. But, you know, I, I wanted him to be out on trails. I wanted him walking, you know, and so New Zealand, Australia and parts of South America, he was out walking and he's come back and it's his new favorite hobby. Like he can't get enough of it. He's hiking everywhere. And, you know, he just invited his sons to go climb Mount Rainier next year as, as wow. a goal. So wow. in one year, he went from not hiking to making plans with his sons to, to go and climb uh, uh, Mount Rainier, you know, so that's. That's that's why we do this work, you know, and that's where that 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 real impact is. And now looking at it at one traveler at a time, you know, that's where we start to see, uh, you know, that that potential global impact, right? If we can get more people opened up to the power of travel, um, the better. You know what I'm feeling is as you're as you're telling this story and talking about these things is is that when people come in and do these. We'll just call it their travel plans, however you guys call it. It seems to me like the destination really isn't the destination. It's just right. the beginning of their journey. Yeah, yeah. So they get there, they start this, and then the journey really begins when they, uh, when they come back from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what we, what we uh, really coach uh, or mentor our clients on and, and what the Transformational Travel Council is advocating for is it's, it's not a product. It's not an, an, an experience. It's a process that starts well before you depart and continues on well beyond your return. Uh, and a lot of ways just evolves into the next journey because you're constantly learning, stretching, growing through travel. And so I think that's a, a pretty important distinction. I asked Jake who his mentors were, who was guiding him on his journey. He told me about how the right people had popped up in his life at the right time and how important it was to pay attention when they do. He also talked about learning about the importance of being quiet. As you go through like your, your, these journeys, you, you identify your calling, individuals sort of synchronistically pop up and, in your life. You know? and, if you're, and if you're paying attention, you know, you're going to be able to connect with them, and, and they become mentors. They may be a short-term mentor. It may be a conversation. It may be something you know, uh, more significant. And... Uh, two of the wonderful mentors that I have now that are that I'm uh, involved with uh, uh, in an intimate way uh, is a, a guy named Gordon Hempton. Uh, he is a world-renowned sound tracker, and he listens to quiet places, listens and records to quiet places, so really? places that don't have noise pollution. And uh, we've designed some trips, you know, into Ecuador, uh, into the Amazon jungle. Uh, he's designated that as the uh, the world's first quiet park, according to the to Quiet Parks International. There's an elder and, and, and chief of the Kofan tribe. His name is Randy Borman, and, and he's certainly become a mentor of mine too, you know, really connecting me with, uh, you know, some of that ancient wisdom and indigenous cultures, you know, how travelers and Western, uh, you know, cultures it can and should, um, you know, consciously engage, you know, the, these, these indigenous experiences around the world. Uh, so those two guys have may have played a, a big role uh, over the last uh, few years as well. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the quiet places thing because I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier about quieting the mind, getting rid of the mm-hmm. noise, and what you experienced, you know, back when you were traveling in your 20s. And it seems like that's such an important thing, and so many of us don't do that. We don't take the time to block out the noise, really, really, right. really get quiet and still, and right. experience from there. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. tell me about some of these quiet places. I mean, is this something, um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the right words here. 
in terms of experiencing, I mean, I can imagine there's so many people who have never experienced true quiet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is that like? Or not? Yeah, yeah. You know, when I when I met him, well, I was actually when I first heard of him, he was on it was on podcast. I was on Safari in Zimbabwe, and I had just listened to lions roaring in the distance uh, the night before and uh, his his message just was totally captivating so i found out that he was based in uh, outside of seattle uh, in the olympic uh, near the olympic national park and so i reached out to him and uh, that that was uh, that was a pretty powerful powerful experience and you know he introduced me and took me to the quietest square inch uh, in 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 the us uh, which was pretty powerful and, and just gave me a whole new level of awareness and reverence for quiet places and, and quiet parks. And not only that, but you, it, it's how you engage with quiet, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and so many, uh, you know, of us that live in these cities and, you know, we're surrounded by airplane noise and, and trains and the freeway traffic and, you know, and then you also get the whisper of the bird song, you know, in the background. And, you know, before you know it, you realize that you're just overwhelmed with noises. And so it becomes really, really important to identify that quiet place to meet you in the middle, right? If you have that quiet mind and engage that quiet place, uh, you're, you're talking about creating a pretty transcendent environment. I try to practice quiet. And I'm sure, you know, since your mom was a spiritual person, she's told you how important that is. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's fascinating that you're saying this because I never would have thought of that as part of travel. See, for me, when I travel, I get into the sensory overload. I get into, mm -hmm. I want to see everything. I want to experience everything. I want to be in the middle of everything. I want to talk to the people. Mm -hmm. I want to experience all of that coming at mm -hmm. me where I can really feel the value in, hey, I want to get just somewhere and just be quiet. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the Transformational Travel Council, you know, we're looking at, you know, uh, contemporary science and ancient wisdom and our own experience, our own research and interviews, you know, to identify what goes into creating these, these sort of magical moments in travel and, and these, these incredible journeys, you know, and I mentioned the process is really key, you know, but then also we have to shift to the why and the how, like, why are we traveling? You know, uh, what are our motivations? What do we want to get out of it? And how can we really do it better? We typically look at what, what, what are we doing on this trip? where are we going and you're completely losing sight of the real reasons that sh that that's your that you're there you know and for me you know and and a lot of travelers we love that chaos of of a bu you know bubbling market you know and 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 being around a culture and 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 just you know having that sensory overload but what we uncovered was you know and and as many people know is that if you can be quiet in that moment it just makes it that much more powerful that much more magnified sits deeper inside your soul right now you have a deeper connection to that place now when you go back home you're going to have the opportunity to to reflect and 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 really uh, understand that that place meant something to you right and that could drive you know some some behavior changes back home you know you you're going to make different choices uh you know based on that experience yeah i can definitely feel that because i'm what I'm, I'm aware of right now as you're saying that is how many times have you gone on vacation or you, or you work with somebody and they come back from vacation, they're like exhausted. Yeah. You're just like, Oh, I need a vacation from my vacation. Right. right. Because of all the planning and the going and the traveling and everything and it. And it brings up the old saying, wherever you go, there you are. Yep. Right? Yeah. If you're bringing yeah. all your shit with you when you're going over there, you're not really vacation, mm -hmm. you're not really mm -hmm. taking that journey. Right. I mean, you're just yeah. shifting locations really versus yeah. what you're doing. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we talk about, you know, going back to the to the why and really understanding, uh, you know, people's motivations there, uh, you know, that becomes a why tree, right? Like you just keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, and eventually, when we're working with clients, you know, we like to talk about, you know, like, well, what are your intentions? And then ultimately guide them to understand that their intention is really just to find themselves again. You know, we're always changing, we're always evolving, uh, we're always learning and growing. But yet, amidst that chaos, it's really uh, uh, easy to uh, not necessarily recognize that. And then, you know, in, and there's a quote by Freya Stark that we talk about, like, you have, I think, I don't know, I'm going to butcher this, but it's uh, something along the lines of, uh, uh, you haven't arrived at a destination until you see yourself walking towards you. And that, and that always hits really, really hard because... Whoa often day to day, we're disconnected to who we are and our values and what's important to us. Uh, and we're changing and evolving at this rapid pace. You know, so travel is that opportunity to sort of reconnect with that freshest version of who you are. Try that on, see, see what works, what doesn't work, you know, and start integrating those parts of who you are into your life back home. Introduce the new self to your friends, to your family, to your, to your partner, to your kids. This is so true and so important for men, for us to really reconnect with who we are, reconnect with our natural man, so we can continually grow and evolve as men. Part of that is having the courage to step into the unknown, pushing the boundaries of what we can control and conquering the fear of things we can't, and then letting our inner explorer take over. There's a part of what Jake does that speaks to that side of us. The company is Explorer X, and the X represents the unknown within us, but then also the unknown that uh, the you know the destination represents, uh, and the X marks also marks the spot you know where you find that treasure of connecting with, you, with yourself. Going back to what I mentioned about the why and the how being a really powerful way to approach your journey, a project X is based on eliminating the knowledge of the destination uh, altogether. You know, so you release expectation, right? Because uh, and, and it really calls on that, you know, that dormant sort of explorer within, you know, that, that primal part of us that just wants to hit the road and, 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 and see what's out there. Yeah, um, it's funny. And, I'm laughing uh, because it's, it's, it's also pressing on my inner control freak. Yeah, that, yeah. That inner, inner detail-oriented thing that just wants to know everything and control everything and know every detail of where I'm going, what do I need to have, what, I, what if this, what if that. And it feels right. like it just eliminates and, and just obliterates all of that shit. Right, it does. Uh, you know, and, and, and we've, that's actually been a, a common uh, uh, challenge for a lot of the people that we work with on Project X is that they're control freaks and they want to know what they're doing every day, <laughs> what to expect, you know. And, uh, and so we work with them, you know, deeply on that. And, they're, you know, the, way, the things that they can control are how they prepare you know, emotionally and psychologically and physically, you know, to, to go into the unknown. Uh, and so that's been a pretty significant shift. We were working with one, one, uh, uh, solo traveler. She, um, she came to us with a similar sort of like, I'm a control freak. I, I need, you know, I'm frustrated. I feel out of alignment. You know, I want to make some changes in my life. Send me somewhere. I want to do project X. Uh, and so we worked with her and, you know, we ended up sending her to, uh, to Zimbabwe. Uh, I met her, uh, she was local, so I was able to meet her at SeaTac Airport. We had a glass of wine, and I handed uh, her a, a book to guide her, you know, through, through the destination, and she opened up the first page. And uh, in that, on that first page was, 
uh, you know, the, the big reveal where she was going, you're going to Zimbabwe and it, just an amazingly powerful moment. We're at the airport. She's about to board the, board the flight. She still doesn't know where she's going until that moment. <laughs> uh, and you know, there was some, there, it was, it was pretty emotional. And, uh, you know, I, I went back to my car and headed home and she got on a flight to, to Zimbabwe. Uh, and it totally reinvented how she approached travel, you know, and she, she texted me from her seat, uh, you know, before she departed saying, I've never been this excited for a trip, <laughs> you yeah. know, and don't we all want that, right? Sure. Like that's, uh, yeah. You want to feel that sort of energy around an adventure, uh, but it needs to be, un you know, some part of it needs to be unknown. Yeah. I think the unknown is an amazing thing to step into that on a regular basis. It pushes you out of your comfort zone, right? You have to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the perfect way to go. It's funny. Cause as you're saying this, I'm just, Again, feeling into my own, like if I was sitting in that airport and you gave me the thing and it said Zimbabwe, what would be going on in here? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Versus in the heart, the head, the head saying, holy shit, wait, you don't know anything about Zimbabwe. What are you going to do? What's going to happen? And yeah. the heart being like, wow, man, this is beautiful. I get to do something I never did before. And I never mm -hmm. would have picked this for myself. So let's go. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Uh, we're excited to, to continue to do that. You know, a lot of people... Uh, express interest. Not everyone's, you know, uh, ready to pull the trigger on such a trip. But this is an evolution, right? Like, sure. the, the, people will continue to be drawn to this, and more and more, more and more, will will be booking mystery trips around the world with some with some pretty great companies that are doing it. It brings up also one of our seven um, core values that that we talk about on the show regularly is courage. Mm -hmm. right? Courage and and. People think courage is bravery or taking these massive, huge steps or, you know, facing some incredibly daunting thing that's coming up. Whereas mm -hmm. this is a great first step in courage yeah. right? just to say, hey, listen, I'm going to let go and allow and just have complete faith and trust mm -hmm. in what you guys do. And I'm just going to give mm -hmm. myself that courage to whatever it is they come up with. I'm getting on that plane. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that courage you know, what, where we really start integrating that into the conversation is let's, let's start with taking this journey within, right? Let's, let's uh, understand why are you here? Where are you going next? You know, how are you feeling? You know, what, you know, and, and, and really try to uncover that sense of self that, that they, that they get lost, uh, you know, they get lost in their day to day uh, and forget those things. You know, we, we're, we live in a society that doesn't necessarily support a lot of quiet, a lot of contemplation. You know, things are moving a uh, hundred miles in a, a, a second. And, uh, and so, you know, starting there, inspiring that vulnerability and getting them to have the courage to, to ask deep, hard questions of themselves uh, is pretty powerful. Yeah. And I think that's another one of the things they'll take with them once they get back. Right. Because they, mm -hmm. you know, when you get that positive experience of, being courageous, allowing mm -hmm. things to happen, stepping into that unknown, mm -hmm. feeling what happens after that and coming back, it just becomes part of your life. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the Stoics, you know, said something along the lines of, it's not the experience, it's what you do, for, do with them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and so many, much of the travel space and travel dynamic, whether we book with a travel company or we head on a journey on our own, when we get back home, you know, we have... A, a day of, you know, or a couple of days of recovery, but we're typically thrown right back into the chaos and we've lost that magic. We've disconnected, you know, and so, you know, the Transformational Travel Council and Explore X, we're really focusing on that echo, right? And making sure that you stay connected to the, the place, the people and, and how you felt there, 
you know, and, and then also integrate some accountability, you know, invite them to be accountable, do a check-in, you know, are you, you know, write yourself, write your future self a letter. You know, these are all ways to, to make sure that you can ultimately, um, you know, uh, stay connected to that, to that travel self, which I would argue is probably your truest self. Oh, I would argue that too. I mean, that's like you mm -hmm. said it earlier a minute ago about how we have that inner explorer within us, mm -hmm. right? You know, mm -hmm. especially, um, I mean, I'll say especially men. I mean, it is women too, trust me, but it's a, but that explorer, that pioneer, that's a very masculine characteristic. And mm -hmm. both men and women have within mm -hmm. them, there is that very strong pull of pushing the boundaries, exploring more, seeing what's on the other side of that hill. Yeah. It's innate within all of us. And I can see how this really, what you're doing, opens that up, right? Kind mm -hmm. of cracks that open and lets people experience that more fully. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. This type of travel doesn't just transform you individually. It can also strengthen the bonds between men. Because when we take on a challenge together, push each other beyond our limits, the results are exponential. Our ancestors knew this. There was a time when men did this regularly as part of their journey to manhood. And not enough of us do that these days. Not enough of us plan truly challenging trips or experiences where we push each other to go beyond our limits. But Jake and a group of his friends did this recently when they decided to climb a legendary mountain together. I've got a group of, uh, of buddies, um, my, my closest friends, you know, my, my truest inner circle. And I've known many of them, you know, since I was in junior high and high school. And it was probably 12 years ago that we decided that we were going to do a couple of different things. One was we were going to go on an annual backpacking trip somewhere typically in, and, and that's been in the American Southwest to, to kick off sort of the spring uh, hiking season. And then also another piece of that and, and more locally with some of us is we have a monthly breakfast where we, we just get to be with each other and be open and be vulnerable and, and talk about the things that we're battling and, and help each other through it. Um, that, that's just men supporting men at that point, right? Men supporting men. Very yeah. close, close group. You guys are there for each other. You guys, there's a, there's a level of trust I'm getting because you're saying you can be open and vulnerable. And that's yeah. so important when you get, you know, that's something we've lost, and I would say lost, but something that's been kind of bred out of us, I think, as men, is that, that ability to have that open, real, raw conversation with each other, be vulnerable, and then be there. Right, right. right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's this weird sort of, uh, I shouldn't say weird, it's a confluence of like our masculinity and, and, and being men and understanding that we we have this connection and we can be real and raw and primal <laughs> with each other. Sure. Uh, but you know, there's that feminine piece of vulnerability and, and, and sadness and openness and kindness and, and like, let's just be with each other. And so it sets this, uh, you know, sets up this venue for us to be able to, to truly connect, you know, where I think that a lot of men, you know, certainly crave these sort of experiences and they may have outlets and they may go on trips with guys and they have their guy trips. You know, I, one of the things that we were really proud of within our little group is, is that we challenge each other to be truly vulnerable, you know, and that's where the power is. And that's, that's ultimately what gives us the strength to go back into our lives, whether that's, you know, our, our career, you know, or with, you know, our, uh, responsibilities is, uh, an honor of being a father or a husband or, you know, partner, whatever that may be, 
but it's in that space that, you know, we're building the foundation of who we are and we're doing that together. Wait, one thing I want to add to that, because it's so, so important what you bring up is, you know, we talk about masculinity. My purpose is to, you know, empower men within their own masculinity. And the important thing for everyone to understand is what you just said about it's not 100% masculine all the time, right? We all right. have that feminine in us in, as well, which is that powerful, nurturing, supporting role that has to be there. There must be a balance. You know, mm -hmm. without that, we're just pure animal, right? So there has mm -hmm. to be that balance of strong, powerful, masculine, followed by that incredibly powerful, nurturing feminine. And it sounds yeah. like you guys really have, have explored that, gotten into that, and it's been powerfully effective for you as a group. It, it is. It's, 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 it's sacred space for all of us. Uh, and we commit to it, you know, every month and every year, whether it's the monthly breakfast or it's a, 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 the yearly backpacking trip. And it serves us. Uh, in the deepest and most fulfilling ways. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they're typically my favorite, my favorite trips. You know, if I'm being completely honest, I mean, I absolutely love our family adventures. Uh, there's nothing like that, you know, um, and uh, getting out as a solo traveler is, is, is obviously extraordinary as well. But my, my voyages into the back country with my best friends is the space where I feel like I can let go of everything. And that, that serves me really, really, really well. Um, but uh, going back to what your question was, sure. uh, Kil Kilimanjaro. So, you know, I was, uh, six years ago, I had, uh, was, was definitely, you know, 100% immersed into my, my first travel company called Evergreen Escapes. That company lead, leads naturalist led trips into the uh, national parks in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, and it's all about, you know, uh, building or, or connecting people to nature immersing them and, and, and uh, uh, allowing them to, you know, ex explore the ecosystem, the wildlife, the birds, and, and really, you know, hopefully come back and, and feel a deeper connection to nature. But at that time, you know, that small business was going through, you know, an, uh, a rough patch. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were facing some cash flow issues. We'd run into some issues with the uh, Department of Transportation that we didn't see coming. And it just put me into a bit of a tailspin and uh, a little bit of a, a um, midlife crisis, if you will. And so at that time, I, I, I really realized that, you know, I, I needed to lean back into spirituality uh, and re re reconnect with myself if I was going to be able to sustain, you know, lots of sleeps, sleepless nights, feeling anxious, you know, as many entrepreneurs do. And uh, anyway, we had this trip to Kilimanjaro planned uh, and it was the last thing that I needed to be doing at that time. But I, I, I committed to it and I went on the trip and there was 10 of us on this, on this adventure. And uh, you know, we, the night before we, we started the climb, you know, we, you know, I, I started having sort of this, these whispers of what transformational travel was for me and is for me, you know, in terms of why are we here and we we're going to set intentions. So I remember toasting everyone to, you know, we were all, you know, 40 to 50 years old. And I said, Hey, you know, let this mountain be, you know, uh, symbolic of this transition from the first half of our life to the second half of our life. Beautiful. And, uh, you know, so everyone went around and, and, you know, we, we talked a little bit about what that looked like and we had deep discussions and talks on, on the way up and, you know, walking, you know, in itself is meditative. So we were in this really great space. And as we approached the summit, the sun was just starting to rise, you know, and there was 
fresh snow on the mountain. And one of, one of my friends, uh, we, we looked at him as we were in a break and he just melted. He just started breaking down and crying. And this is a group that, you know, pretty fit. We hike, we climb mountains. So it wasn't, it wasn't that it was overly challenging or anything. It wasn't that he was battling, you know, the, the, the physical the challenge, the pain of it. Yeah. And then we could sort of see it in his eyes where that was coming from. And one by one, the group sort of succumbed to this, this emotion. Uh, and next thing I know, you know, I'm bawling on one, on my friend's shoulder, another guy's bawling on, on my shoulder. And the whole group is just in this really, really powerful, uh, emotional state. And we just let go. We released, you know, and, you know, and that really at that point sort of cemented, you know, what I felt like I needed to do with the rest of my life. And, and, and that was to uncover how to have more of those experiences. You know, I don't know if I ever felt more alive than, than that moment. Yeah. Was it a letting go of like, you know, you would talk before about the transition from the first half of your life to the second. Was it like a letting go of all the shit from the first yeah. half? Like almost like a rebirth? Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways it was, you know, and, and each of those individuals approached it differently and had a little bit of a different experience based on where they were. But the thing, the thing that was clear is that the mountain was uh, symbolic of so much more you know, that was that, that you know, happening, you know, in, in our lives and, uh, and overcoming that just gave us this, this amazing sense of, of peace and confidence and strength, you know, and also just letting go of, of the pain and suffering that it took us to get to the top of Africa, you know, not just over the previous five days, but, you know, for, for our lives, you know, what got us there. So it was, it was, it was incredible for sure. Tell me more, go a little deeper in, into your own experience then, you know, you said you were, you just let go, broke down. You were on, um, you know, with one of your buddies on his shoulder. I mean, what got you to that point? What was going through your mind at that moment? I was in that, in a bit of a dark night of the soul at that time uh, and uh, was lost. And I was being pulled away from my first baby, which was my business, you know, and, and I realized that I was falling out of alignment with that and that I had, that I wanted to, to, to do something bigger and more powerful with my life and my work. And, uh, uh, you know, so as uh, on Kilimanjaro, you know, that, that day, uh, I, I, I sort of recognized that I wasn't in a good place, but at the same time I was in the best place. And that, 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 sent me down uh, a pretty incredible path. Uh, after that, everything seemed to start coming around and aligning and, you know, everything uh, synced up and I, I seemed to be on this, it moved into this next chapter. So there was all, I mean, yeah, like you said, it was very symbolic. I mean, you literally, you know, you said it was symbolic, but you literally climbed a mountain. Right? Yeah. To have that yeah. epiphany, to have that experience. Right. And that's, yeah. You know, it's funny, it just reminds me of the old days and these stuff, you know, guys, they would say, climb the mountain to find the guru at the top of the mountain and right. go sit with them. I mean, <laughs> literally, that's what you did. And the guru wasn't some physical being who was sitting there. It was that right. climb, that, that excursion that actually mm -hmm. broke that for you. Yeah, yeah. And the people that I was with, you know, it was, it was, it was the, the combination of all of those different variables, you know, it was a, a concoction of, you know, of magic, if you will. Beyond the experience on the mountain that day, I wanted to know if there was a lasting effect on these men after they got home. And how, how was the relationship with these guys after you climbed the mountain? I got to imagine the bonding at that moment 
between yeah. those 10 men, you 10 men had to be just even stronger and more powerful. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, it, 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 it took us up another level or two easy, you know, when, you know, not that we weren't vulnerable with each other in the past, but having balling on each other's shoulder on top of the mountain, sure. you know, that, that breaks down any, any remaining walls that might be between you and, and, and some of your closest friends. That's what's really important for men to understand as men. Because I know, listen, I'm going to talk from my own experience. I've had situations where I don't let anyone get that close, right? I'm a man, mm -hmm. masculine, mm -hmm. don't get in too close, don't want to catch feelings. This is not anything. And the more work that I did and the more understanding, the deeper understanding I had of how powerful the masculine is, especially when supported by the feminine, and you let down those walls, right? And that, that, mm -hmm. that vulnerability takes over that camaraderie that, hey, we just fucking did this together. Mm -hmm. right? We helped mm -hmm. each other out. We were there for each other. We just achieved this together. Yeah. Those bonds just become like iron. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They you do. Know, I guess that's why you see that with men that are in the military, right? That mm -hmm. have fought in combat together. And this, this mountain was your form of combat. Yeah, yeah, it was. You know, we went through a challenge. We were warriors on on that trip together. You know, and and we're warriors on our on our backpacking trip. You know, that's the way that we're looking at it. We and that's that's why it's fun to integrate the unknown and 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 survival aspects of it. You know, and learn new skills. You know, and you know, like I read an article recently about upskilling, and they were referencing transformational travel and this gigantic movement to use travel as this opportunity to not just change your life but adopt a, a, a new skill. <laughs> you know, and the, the, the Moss expeditions, you know, what they're doing with their expedition four wheel drive trips across, uh, across the U S that's so cool. And they're going to learn how to, how to fish along the way. They're going to learn how to change a tire. They're going to learn how to, you know, legitimately live off the land, which is, yeah. we're also disconnected from that now, but yet yeah. that sits deep inside of us. Right. Just, <laughs> yeah. That's our beast, man. That's our, it's our beast. We want it that. Is. We gotta go. We have to feed that beast. That's really what it is. We have to feed that beast. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're right. One of the ways to do that is through travel, right? I mean, uh, and you can feel it. I mean, I know you've probably talked to as many men as I do about this kind of stuff. And you can just feel that. What do I do with this thing? Right. right. Feel that right. beast. It's calling to me. I want to go out in the wilderness. I want to hunt. I want to fish. I want to move. Yeah. And I find that a lot of the men that I talk to don't think of travel, like you're saying, in the, is mm -hmm. the let's just say, vehicle to right. move them into that space, right? It's more mm -hmm. of a, what can I do now? I'll just go to the gym or mm -hmm. I'll, you know, go, you know, do something more physical, I'll play, you know, um, pick up basketball, something to just let this right. thing out. Right. right. But there's way right. more out there that, that guys can be doing. Totally. You want to, you want to unleash it. Right. Yeah. You, 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 you want to set it free. I was just with my laying with my wife last night and I don't know if she's going to listen to this or not, but you know, I was, I was watching some documentary about the middle East and how war torn it is and, and reporters and journalists that are going into these places. And I told, and I, I, I didn't tell my wife this, but I almost did. But I was like, it's a good thing I'm married and have two kids because if I wasn't, I'd be one of those guys doing stupid shit, <laughs> chasing those sort of that sort of chaos and that sort of craziness. Cause that, 
that lives inside of me, you know, and like our, our, my trip with the, the sound tracker uh, in the Amazon, you know, we, we get out for jungle camping and living off the land. And there's an opportunity to do a 48 hour solo. When I did that solo, when I, when I set my, when we built the shelter and we built the fire and then the, 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 uh, the local uh, tribal person left, I was there and I realized that this was the most raw and primal thing I have ever experienced. And that felt fucking good. <laughs> and, and again, we go back to that courage, right, man? Because you had to face a shit ton probably at that point. So yeah, yeah. It's unknown and, you know, the voices mm-hmm. in the head and the noises that you're hearing out there and all of that. Yep. Yeah. It all kind of comes up pretty quickly in, in those moments, uh, which is why we do it. Right. Yeah. That's where that, that's where that courage comes in. Yeah. Right. We, we need to be able to, 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 to set the path and, uh, and get out there and have those experiences that truly challenge us. Yeah. And they don't have to be, you know, as, as we're talking, I'm feeling into like, all right, we're going to get off this call and I'm going to be calling you saying, all right, let's set something up, Jake. Cause I got to get, <laughs> but it seems like it doesn't have to be far, right? You don't have to go into the middle of a jungle. You don't have to climb a mountain. I mean, you know, nah, no. the, the journey, the travel can take place around you. I mean, you can do quick ones too, can't you? Absolutely. This is why we, this is, this is uh, why we call transformational travel a, a practice and a philosophy. Uh, you know, and what I really hope that at the end of the day, what our work does is gets the average, everyday, hardworking person, you know, to, to realize that they can set out on a journey even if it's just to the coast, <laughs> you know, or, or just, you know, on the way to grandma and grandpa's house, you're looking at the land with fresh eyes. You're mindful, you're present, you are on a journey, you are meeting people along the way. So absolutely, it is how you approach every time you cross the threshold and go outside of your home. And being comfortable with being uncomfortable is the key. And so, yeah, whether that's into the Amazon jungle or, or you know, down to the grocery store, uh, if you're present, mindful, and understand that you're on a journey, uh, it can be pretty, pretty rewarding. Sure. And I think if you give yourself a little bit unknown along each of those journeys, you're feeding that beast in here too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take a different route. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a little bit of, a, of a, a snack for that inner beast to just do a couple quick journeys like that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to keep the fire burning. A snack for the inner beast. I love that comment. Because like we talked about earlier, you don't need to jump on a plane and travel thousands of miles to have a transformational experience. And you don't have to jump on a plane and travel to some remote location to feed your beast. Jake explains. Nature is obviously very catalytic. You know, that you can step into the unknown pretty quickly when you have to start being concerned about, uh, you know, where you're going to get water, you know, or what wildlife might be out there. You know, what what are you going to be eating for, you know, for for your meal? What's going to kill me, right? So, you know, going on local hikes, you know, that's a a wonderful way to to keep feeding that beast, you know. And then at the same time, you know, then then it moves into an overnight backpacking trip, you know, or then it, you know, you look at, you know, those opportunities to do two and three night retreats. Like a, a really good friend of mine was just at a men's consciousness retreat up in, in British Columbia. Uh, you know, he spent a week up there with a bunch of men that are similar, you know, on that path. They're not out traveling. Uh, they're not out exploring, but, uh, you know, in a traditional sense, but they are exploring within. They are having the shared transformative experience, you know, and that's that's something that he just got in his car and drove up and, and, and went and did, you know. So there's 
there's plenty of opportunities, you know, to, to get out and do that. You know, whether you're going to go surfing, you're going to go fishing, you know, try to get that, uh, uh, wake that, wake that guy up, you know, give him, give him the space and opportunity to breathe. Yeah. That's the important thing, right? Just embrace it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, you know, live so much of my life trying to cram that down, quiet that down, but it's that embracing of that beast and just feeding it, nurturing, moving it along. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, Gordon Hempton, uh, you know, going back to my mentor, one thing that he does uh, is every Saturday morning he goes body surfing. You know, that's his ritual. And that keeps him connected to those parts of himself that, that, that ultimately power him through his, his every day, his week to week. That's great. That's a great little ritual. See, now you're saying that, I'm thinking of some things men can do every day, little travel, little connecting with nature, little connecting with that beast every single day to kind of get yourself through. Yeah. And the unknown is not the gem. (laughs) It's not going and and lifting weights or running on a treadmill, you know, like go out and run through a park, put on some trail shoes, you know, go learn to, 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 to rock climb, right. Go, go try whitewater rafting, uh, you know, go for a quiet walk in the park, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, that's, that's when, you know, our brains that, you know, our, uh, the neurobiology shifts and we're opening up to new possibilities and we're accessing different parts of our brain and therefore ourselves, you know, and you're not going to be able to do that. And, and, you know, your, your typical day-to-day routine. No, absolutely. And again, it comes down to pushing the boundaries too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, push the boundaries. I would say even change the routine up if it's starting yeah. a little too, you know, uh, comfortable change mm-hmm. the cleanup too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of this work around transformational travel that we're doing is about meeting people where they are, uh, you know, uh, because it, that's, that's the important thing is, is just helping them move down their own path, you know, and going a little deeper, a little further, a little bit more challenging, you know, every day or every trip, you know, eventually they can get them to a project X, you know, sure. and, uh, and, you know, I think that they would end up, you know, being pretty fulfilled. You know, and they kind of graduate from being a tourist to a traveler to, to an explorer. When Jake said graduate from tourist to traveler to explorer, I found this fascinating. I had never thought there were different levels of travelers, different mindsets. I wanted to know more, and I ended up seeing how this related to different types of men, how it related to who I was at different points in my life. A tourist, I would say, is, is those individuals that, you know, they're... Uh, they realize that they've got two weeks a year, they're going to go out and their goal is to see some attractions, you know, sit on the beach, you know, have, have a couple Corona's, you know, and, and sort of go through that traditional travel experience, you know, all inclusive resorts, you know, you're going to go on a cruise, you're going to get in a motor coach and, and go travel with the, you know, a bunch of other people. And then, you know, you move into, you know, becoming a traveler and you realize like, you know, some of that stuff doesn't really serve you, right. You start making different choices uh, and where you stay and experiences that you're after and who you're traveling with. And you start to recognize that there's, that you're driven by, uh, you know, different, you know, you have different motivations, you know, it's not just to escape, you know, or relax. It's about, you know, learning and, and satisfying your curiosity. You know, then you move into that explorer persona, if you will. Right. And then you realize that all of the stuff that you were doing as a tourist, you know, wasn't really serving you in the, in the deeper, more meaningful ways that, that you want to be served. And, uh, you know, the explorer then, you know, will s- systematically start eliminating, 
you know, the easy pieces of it and integrating more of the hard and the more difficult and the more challenging experiences because they realize they may still have two or three weeks, but they're going to get as much out of that as they can. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's checking off, you know, the bucket list or going through and, and finding Instagrammable moments. It's diving deep into culture. It's diving deep into nature and, and, and really challenge yourself, uh, you know, in, in an internal, uh, internal way. You know, as you're saying this, I'm having this awareness right now that what you're saying is life in general, not just travel. Yeah. Yeah. It is really how we live our lives, right? We, yeah. Some of us are just tourists. We're just looking for the easy way. We just want to kind of observe and do whatever. Some are travelers. Yeah. Right? We go a little bit deeper and deeper. And then there are mm-hmm. some who become explorers in life and just want to jump into yeah. the unknown at every turn and wring as much out of life as possible. And uh, I'm really yeah. feeling that and how, yeah, I think for me, living as an explorer every day, mm-hmm. 24-7 is got to be the most rewarding, enriching, powerful way to go. Right, right. Yeah. And then uh, the, uh, the next level, what we talk about internally is you, you become a seeker. And then that's, you know, then you're really diving within and you are setting out on journeys uh, and, you know, with a completely different mindset approach uh, and, and able to tap into that travel flow that really drives the entire journey on a day-to-day basis. You're no longer planning, you're just flowing. Uh, and that's that higher consciousness approach to travel that, uh, that I know I strive for. Yeah, absolutely. And I can feel that fitting into what we know I just said about life, right? Totally. We yep. have done with all that. Now you're just a seeker, man. Now it's just yep. flow and seek and enjoy and allow and mm-hmm. just get into that flow and that zone. Beyond the challenges Jake intentionally put himself through when he traveled, I wanted to know what challenges he faced in his life, the ones he learned the most from, the ones who made him the man he is today. That's a big question. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that most of us have at some point uh, in our childhood and as we get older, a fire that burns inside of us that says that we are capable of anything and that we can have impact and that we're, that we're fully capable of changing the world. And one by one, as society and culture sort of, you know, eats us up, <laughs> chews us up and spits us out, we lose touch with that. And for me, you know, I think that I've been able with the help of mentors and friends and, and, and such to, to hang on to that, that, that fire. And I think that's what's, what's gotten me to this point and, and, you know, and, and having the conversations that I'm having and, you know, and, and having the honor to even be interviewed on a podcast and, and share some of my ideas and experiences. But that has been exceedingly difficult and it, it continues to weigh heavy, you know, as I move through this, this journey and this process of, you know, where... Where is it going to lead me? How can it, how, you know, because the realities of, of, of life and finances and being a dad and playing all these different roles, you know, like I know I could be a better dad. I know that I could be a better husband. I know that I'm letting friends down right now, you know, and a lot of it is because of this relentless pursuit to have impact. And, you know, for me having an entrepreneurial spirit, you know, I wanted to be able to channel that into, you know, and, and to positive change for myself, those people around me, my community and the planet. 
And as this transformational travel movement continues to gain in momentum and the wave gets bigger, you know, I find myself, you know, having all sorts of, of moments of, of fear and anxiety and stress, you know, am, am I, you know, can I do this? Am I up for the challenge? You know, uh, you know, and, and moments of insecurity and, and being intimidated and, and all of these things. But then that's every day I get this, these moments of, of, of clarity and strength and confidence where, and, you know, the universe and consciousness are awakening and guiding me through this process. And I just keep pushing a little bit further every day and really trusting the flow. I, I've got a, a tattoo on my wrist. It's Gensidaha. It's uh, it's, it means let it happen in the Kofan language in, in the Amazon jungle. And so I'm doing my best just to, to work through those, those, those moments of anxiety and pain that come with being an entrepreneur and, entrepreneur and putting it all out in the line and the negative and positive impacts of that and, and truly just letting go uh, and, and trusting and being open to, to whatever's next and being really comfortable with whatever that outcome is. That's phenomenal advice. It's, you know, we all have that voice in our head, that doubt, that fear that says, oh, you know, you're not up to this. You can't do this. But it's the overcoming of that. Yeah. Pushing past that. We'll go back to the mountain again. It's, it's the mountain telling you you can't climb it. You know, yeah. you're not, not good enough. You're not capable enough. It's too strong. It's too powerful. But, but knowing and having that faith, like you said, to just keep pushing. That's a great way to live, especially for a lot of, of us, a lot of men who have let that voice take command. Mm-hmm. Or have actually listened to it. And, and when you get that realization that, no, uh-uh. That's just bullshit going on in here. Right. Negative self-talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just that negative Mm -hmm. self-talk that takes us down so much. So, yeah. Yeah. It limits us. You know, we're not fulfilling our potential. We're not fulfilling our calling, you know, and that's unfortunate, you know, and that's why, you know, it's so important to, to be quiet and, and to just be, and travel is a wonderful place to be able to do that. And so through this work, you know, I'm, I want to be able to give help, uh, guide and support travelers in, in this journey to, to reconnect with, with self and who they are and open up their, open up their minds and their worlds and their hearts. I asked Jake to look back and tell me the life lessons he's learned, the ones that guided him on his journey. Ooh, that's a good one. I would say that shit's way more fucking hard than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah i mean this this is tough we're you know especially and and maybe every generation says this but you know given given the circumstances what's happening you know culturally and globally and and uh the hate and the anger the disconnection you know all of the the addictions you know all of this is, is is really hard and difficult stuff you know and we're all battling our individual battles you know, sort of recognizing that, you know, that, that realization has been pretty powerful, you know, and, and connecting with people and opening up the container for people to be honest and talk about that uh, has, has been a really important realization. You know, another, another realization is that the more time that I've set aside to be quiet and to be present and to breathe, and the more time I spend reading and exploring the depths of consciousness, the more of the beautiful things in life I see and witness, you know, and, and appreciate. And it allows me to just, you know, kind of go back to that, uh, you know, what's tattooed on my wrist is just let it happen. It, it might be bumpy. It might be, uh, you might experience some pain and, and sadness and despair and, 
and this and that. But at the, at the same time, so many beautiful things about the world and just letting go uh, and being prepared, being prepared for that unfolding and working through those obstacles uh, has just given me a sense of, 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 of power and trust and peace that I, that I don't think that I had until these last few years. Jake and I got into a conversation about what inspires us most. And while the first part of his answer may seem like the answer most family men would give, when he looked deeper, a more global, more heroic inspiration came. What inspires me the most? My, I, I mean, this is going to sound totally cliche, but, you know, ultimately my, my, my children, you know, my home, my, my, this is, this is, this is what it's all about. You know, if we can take it, it it's, it's building from the inside out. You know, if I don't, if I'm not right in my family and in those roles, then, you know, I'm not going to be able to be right in my community. I'm not going to be a, you know, a positive contributor to, uh, you know, to society, uh, you know, so, you know, taking care of that and being my best for, for them, uh, allows me to get the inspiration to go out and do, do the work, you know, that I feel like I'm born to do. Love is also one of our core values. And, and we try to make men understand it's not about, not just about, I should say, romantic love, but there is that deep love for family, deep love for, for children and, um, being that, that mentor, that guide, providing all of those things that are so important. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and a lot of a lot of my my mentors and trusted colleagues and deep friends, you know, they they turn away from you know the media and you know they they're not on Facebook and they're not you know necessarily paying attention to a lot of what's happening in the world. And and I got to say that that is. While I'm not in that from a day-to-day basis, I do get a lot of experience from just being aware of the conflict and the pain and the suffering. That gives me uh, an incredible amount of strength because it comes from you know that that primal place of like release the beast. You know, like I want to go and do something about this, right? Like that drives me forward when I see kids that are starving or parents that have, you know, addictions or, you know, uh, communities in Africa that don't have fresh water or worn torn destinations in the Middle East, you know, like if you if you have your eyes open to those things, you know, there's an amazing amount of power and motivation that lies there to get up and go and, and do your part in changing and changing the world. Amen. Because that's what warriors do, what heroes do. They change the world. Now, after talking to Jake about these experiences, I got the men in the round table together to get their thoughts. The two biggest themes were living as a tourist, traveler, and explorer, and of course, feeding your beast. John leads us off. When I listened to the interview, uh, I felt like you did, Eric. I felt like, wow, this is a kind of a, uh, really a play on, on life too. It wasn't just when you travel, it's how do you take things on in your life and are you looking to just do it because of, you know, whatever? Are you looking to do it for a real reason uh, deliberately uh, to grow and to challenge yourself? So I guess in summary, I feel like early on in my life, I was much more on the adventurer seeker side as when I was a little younger and finding myself a bit. And then I kind of just dropped out of that and got sucked into the corporate world and things like that. And I guess I'm getting back to it now. Yeah, that, that corporate world will do that to you too, right? Because it becomes very pattern-oriented, very comfortable, right? You're in that, that comfort zone of, I just go to work every day, I get a paycheck every week, here's what I do, and that explorer kind of gets sapped out of you. 
from that from that company. And I think there's a, a real purpose in pushing that constantly, especially if you're in that corporate world, to keep yourself pushing, keep yourself exploring. This is Barry's take. Yeah, with my wife being from Germany, we've traveled a lot. You know, going to Europe, seeing her family, and we, we, I can see in my life when we travel, there's always adventure. We're always seeking to push the boundaries, climb mountains, go places that maybe other people don't go, meet interesting people, very adventurous travel. But I can see how in my personal life, day to day, how very often it could become more like the tourist. And that just hearing that question is a great reminder to bring that adventure that we travel for into the day to day, you know, and to talk to people I don't know and to go places that I wouldn't normally go and just my own personal life, allowing that adventure to come into the day to day. Here's Alex. I had a lot of judgment on tourists and living in Florida. It's like, damn tourists. I get pissed <laughs> off at tourists. I can't drive. They don't know what the hell they're doing. So I have this real disdain for the tourist. Yeah. But I had a really good time. Archer and I, girlfriend and some of his family from Canada, whatever, went and did some touristy stuff like renting jet skis and just going around. And it was uh, an amazing two hours. It's like, man, I live here all the time. I'm in paradise. I can see where my own judgments of disdain for any one of those things keeps me from experiencing. So I'm actually moving more into the touristy range right now, just like right here where I live. Yeah, you know what I'm getting though, Alex, from that though? You know, when you said Britain jet skis, I mean, yeah, that's a touristy activity, but it's actually a real way to connect with nature down here in this area. Tom leads us off on the discussion of connecting to the nature and feeding the beast. I think, you know, so much of the time when people travel or going on the nature, it's doing, doing, doing. And, and I, I know I've done that in the past. For me, even though I live in Florida, so I'm closer to the ocean for me, like my reset, if you will, is the mountains. I kind of ground me. And, and, and I would say the same thing, just kind of being in nature in general, it would be here or there, but particularly the mountains. But I find that so much in, in the past and what, you know, Jake was talking about, it would be is doing, okay, let's go on this trip and let's see all these places. And you ever, you know, it's the cliche of stopping to smell the roses. And uh, there's just that power, as he was highlighting, and I experienced more and more of getting out in nature, just connecting with nature, and with some of the work you know that that we do, and just being you know PMA and connecting to hearing, you know, feeling is just incredibly powerful for me of just kind of like resetting the body and kind of building my energy back up that just dissipates when I'm in this fast-paced world of always working, working, working. And again, just not taking the time to reset, connect with nature, connect to myself, and you know, just feel into the power of that connection. Here's what Mark had to say. Being a man, I always feel like I need to be getting something done. Something, I have to be moving, I have to be doing something I feel less valuable if I'm not doing something. And when I put my attention back to when I was a kid and I was just walking through the woods, walking along the rivers, it was, I wasn't doing anything. I was just experiencing whatever came up. And it's like, there is real value in allowing myself to just quiet down and be still and just really observe what's going on around me 
in my environment. And John wraps it up for us. For me, guys, uh, it's always been either snowboarding or, or kiteboarding. I grew up in the Northeastern United States and snowboarding was my first thing, getting out into the mountains, into nature, traveled all over the United States. And then, you know, I struggled a bit because in the summertime, it was a kind of a depression for me. It's like, what do I do in the summer? And uh, I started going down to South America, Chile, Argentina, took some trips down there and to try to kind of keep that going. And then I, I found kiteboarding when I was, I don't know, in my mid twenties. And that was a good kind of uh, substitute for the snowboarding. And now I kind of blend them together. But I guess the common themes of both of those is, is just getting myself back into the flow. You know, when I'm on a mountain, I'm not really thinking I'm just going with it. You know, it's gravity and, and me and you know the mountain. And when I'm kiteboarding, it's the wind harnessing that, you know, mastering that, the waves, the sun, and also through both of those activities, just the people I meet and the people like I hang out with or I go on trips with. It was very much like uh, Jake was describing on the brotherhood there. And some of my, you know, best memories is uh, chasing wind around in Lake Michigan, you know, hanging out with, you know, sometimes 15, 20 guys on the beach at night about the fire telling stories and things like that. And it's, that's kind of what it's been for me, kiteboarding and snowboarding. I want to thank the men of the round table for that. I think the biggest takeaway for us, for me particularly, is the importance of men connecting with nature, feeding our natural man, our wild man, and not creating the cages that prevent us from doing that. I also took away that we need to be intentional whenever we do get out and having the courage to push those boundaries. And speaking of pushing boundaries, at this round table, we made Mark commit to going skydiving with us. Uh, he's never done it before, and it's a pretty big deal. So stay tuned for an update on that. And now what I want to do is I want to know what you got out of Jake's story. Does it motivate you to get out and experience the world in a new and different way, to experience the people in it? Have we made you see how hungry your beast is to be let out of its cage once in a while? I want you to let me know. You can always find me on social media. The links are on our website, wlkhpodcast.com. Click over there, find me, tell me what's going on with you. Also, remember to rate us and leave a review and a comment. And most importantly, to make sure to share this show with three men you know will get value from it. I want you to give it to three men whose lives could change for the better because they listened. So please pass it on. Now, I want to thank Jake Halpert for joining us today, for being real and being honest and telling us the story of his journey to modern manhood. I'm going to put the links to Explorer X and the Transformational Travel Council on the website. So remember, go to WLKHpodcast.com. You'll find those links there. And I want to thank you for listening to Eric Rogel Talks with Warriors, Lovers, Kings, and Heroes today. I'm Eric Rogel, and I'm honored to be with you to be your brother on your hero's journey. I'll talk to you next week. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place. The sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work, 
and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.